This is The Takeaway. I'm Todd Zwillick sitting in for John Hockenberry. Thanks for listening. Well, tonight, in a primetime address, President Obama will make his case for U.S. intervention in Syria. That speech slated for 9.01 and 30 seconds p.m., uh, 90 seconds for the networks to do a read-in before that red light goes on on top of the teleprompter in the White House. The speech follows a week of intense rallying from the Obama administration and its allies and comes just as an alternative proposal by the Russians is picking up substantial support. Officials in Moscow say they are working with authorities in Syria toward a plan that would require the Assad regime to give up its stockpiles of chemical weapons and verify they have been turned over. Early today, France announced it would draft this proposal in the form of a U.N. Security Council resolution. President Obama and Secretary of State John Kerry both said they would support such a plan if it could be carried out with some certainty. Listen. He could turn over every single bit of his chemical weapons to the international community in the next week. Turn it over, all of it, uh, without delay and allow a full and total accounting for that. Uh, But he isn't about to do it. That's Secretary of State John Kerry speaking at a joint news conference in London in remarks that seem to be off the cuff and contemporaneous, but they launched this entire cascade of events. Now, the White House was clearly surprised by John Kerry's comments, but President Obama jumped on board in this interview with NBC News. We're going to make sure that we see how serious these proposals are. And uh, my preference consistently has been a diplomatic resolution uh, to this problem. Now, since that interview, Syria has said it accepts the proposal from Moscow, but there are still a lot of questions about how to verify that Syria can and will carry through on its obligations under this proposed plan. It is a fluid situation. For more on how President Obama may navigate this increasingly complex Syria puzzle is Jeremy Shapiro. He's former advisor to Secretary of State Hillary Clinton on North Africa and Syria, now a visiting fellow at the Brookings Institution in Washington. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, thanks for having me. And thanks for being on. Well, it is a fluid and changing situation. Uh, Advisors and speechwriters looking toward a primetime address like this prefer to not have events shifting under the ground. Give us a sense of how national security advisors and even speechwriters would be approaching the president's message this evening at nine with the situation so very fluid. Yeah, it's certainly a frightening thing for advisors. The last thing you want is your principal, as they call it, to be out in front of events and to be unaware of things that might have happened since he started speaking. And that actually seems to be a reasonable possibility in this situation since things have changed so quickly. I think what you want to do in this situation is make sure that the president in this case sticks to the principles on which he has articulated his policy. In this case, that means... He's going to be focused fairly narrowly on the issue of chemical weapons and on the threat that they pose to the United States security, to proliferation, to the region and to the Syrian people. And he's going to be focused on what the U.S. and the international community can do to ensure that uh, Assad doesn't commit any more chemical attacks. So the president, you're saying, has to speak to his original message, his difficult sales job to convince Americans and their representatives in Congress that intervening in Syria is the right thing to do. At the same time, it seems to me he has to closely acknowledge that there could be a way out here. The world is talking about a potential way out. Well, that's what I mean by focusing on his principles, actually. His principle is not intervention, and I think sometimes that has gotten lost. But I think in the quote that the president just made on your program, he 
he did articulate that. His principle has always been getting rid of chemical weapons, getting rid of Assad's ability to use chemical weapons against his population or proliferate them. And one of the methods that he had proposed for that was intervention. And that's the way that he thought he was going, I think, up until uh, yesterday. But um, I think in a coercive threat, you have to be willing to take surrender. And arguably what the Syrians through the Russians have done is is surrender in the face of the coercive threat. And that's, you know, of course, better for everyone if it's really true. The difficulty will be, and I'm sure the president will emphasize this, that it's going to be very difficult to implement a program like this. Uh, Secretary Kerry was was almost dismissive of the possibility of implementing a program like this. And the United States has a long and unhappy history in trying to implement a similar program in Iraq. And so the the devil will be in the details on that. But I think that the president wants to focus people on the fact that the goal here is to get rid of the chemical weapons, and he's going to do what needs to be done to do that. What is the function of the breathing room that this seems to have engendered both for the White House and for lawmakers, evidenced by the fact that a congressional vote, a Senate vote scheduled for tomorrow just after the president's address has been put off by Harry Reid? Lawmakers now want to they want to see which way the wind is blowing. They want to see where this is going to go. That means it seems to me that means something good for the president. He can loosen his collar a little bit. Yeah, I think that that's right. Uh, it was. It's very clear that neither the president nor the Congress, uh, either the Democrats or the Republicans, were really relishing this vote. Uh, for the president, the idea, which looked to be a real possibility, although it certainly wasn't certain, that he would lose this vote would be a serious political blow. And for the Congress, the last thing they wanted to do was be on the record as allowing Assad to um, use chemical weapons against his people or alternatively be on the record in supporting an intervention that the American people very clearly don't want. So this is a sort of uh, deus ex machina for both the president and the Congress. And I think that's why you saw so many people seize on it so quickly. Uh, Jeremy, how surprised were you yesterday at the turn of events on the international stage? What seemed like an off-the-cuff remark or even, as would be referred to in Washington, a gaffe from John Kerry seems to have set off this cascade of events. You don't usually see somebody gaffing up. It may actually solve this crisis. Were you as surprised as everybody else to see John Kerry's erstwhile gaffe really sort of yield something like this? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's unprecedented in my view. I've never seen anything quite like it. And uh, I can tell you that, of course, gaffes are not uncommon. And even what uh, Michael Kinsley called a, a Washington gaffe, which is when you accidentally tell the truth, <laughs> indeed, is uh, is not you know an uncommon thing. But it does make people uh, listening, the advisors behind the scenes or the bosses behind the scenes, listening to it cringe generally. And I'm sure when this originally came out, the White House was probably quite furious uh, that this complication had been thrown into the mix. And you know the idea that you're going to allow uh, through an unplanned a comment like this allow the Russians to take the diplomatic initiative is not something which can appeal to the U.S. government. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if it works out, it works out. And uh, stranger things have happened, I suppose. I can't think of one right now. But Jeremy Shapiro, if you say stranger things have happened in diplomatic circles, I'll definitely believe you. We thank you for your insight. That's Jeremy Shapiro, former advisor to Hillary Clinton, the Secretary of State on North Africa and Syria, now a visiting fellow at the Brookings Institution. We'll be watching the speech along with the rest of us at 9.01 and 30 seconds tonight. Jeremy, thank you. Thank you.